Heard in over 40 countries and available on over 20 listening platforms. The Crypto Corner is your trusted source for blockchain news. Catch the latest episode each week on iTunes, Spotify, or by telling your smart device to play The Crypto Corner. And don't forget to subscribe for new episodes. At the Malta Blockchain Summit, you asked the crowd, essentially, if they were here to learn how to make money within the system they're trying to escape or if they were there to learn how they can be free as individuals. Um, and that statement really hit me hard, and it, and it changed the way that I think about blockchain and crypto. Um, and, and a lot of what I want to ask you is kind of how that can be, you know, an aid in breaking away to a state of true freedom. So um, we'll just kind of we'll go from there and cover as much as we can in 30 minutes. You, you, you bet. The, um, the problem I see in crypto today, and, and it, it hasn't, uh, hasn't lessened any since I spoke in Malta, is that people view crypto as a way to invest to make money. Um, and yet crypto, when it started, was, was a way to transact business, buy pizzas, you know, uh, you know, pay someone for babysitting your kids, buy a car, which all of which you can do <laughs> today. Uh, you can buy houses and cars and um, bulletproof vests with crypto. And um, we need to do more of that because unless we actually use the currency, then we'll continue using fiat currency uh, and converting it to invest in crypto in the hopes that crypto will go up or down. But if we don't use the currency, it has to go down, people. I mean, <laughs> where is the value in it if it is not valuable as uh, an exchange of goods and services, a medium exchange. So, so this is the problem, and I just want to see more people use. I mean, like you know, if you're if you're buying Bitcoin and and hanging on to it, and well, why not start buying stuff with it? What's wrong with that? Um, that's all I wanted to say there. Definitely, no, I, I completely agree with you there. And that kind of ties into a lot with, I think, how people hold their currency and kind of treat it. Uh, a lot of people want to hold on to it as a long-term investment in, as opposed to using it as an everyday means of transacting. There's so many coins that are so quick and so versatile and have a great infrastructure that you could use today, um, yet people still just buy these hordes of coins and then hold on to them. Yes. And I don't... I, I don't know. What do you think that does to the ecosystem for each said cryptocurrency? It's, it, it's got to be damaging, right? <clears throat> it certainly doesn't help us any. Uh, here's something that's, that's happened um, in the past couple of years. Stable coins have become actually stable. I mean, you have coins like DAI, which never varies more than one penny from the U.S. dollar. And I've been watching it and using it. It's instantaneous in its transactions. Um, and Rather than, if you're in crypto, rather than uh, getting out and converting to, to uh, U.S. dollars or yen or euros or whatever have you, uh, if, the, if the market is getting scary and you want out, convert it into DAI or some other stable coin. And then when the market, you don't have to get out of crypto in order to secure your, your assets. Um, and even though it's still pegged to the dollar, we're now, we're now at risk to the dollar's value, but at least it is more stable. Um, 
if people started using the facilities that we have, privacy coins, distributed exchanges, stable coins, um, and, and I'm not saying don't invest and, and make money, please, that's, that's your business. But at the same time, you can, you can use it. And there's nothing you can't buy with DAI these days. If you can buy it with Bitcoin, you can sure as hell buy it with DAI. People prefer it. And sometimes in the transaction time, you might lose $1,000 in the value of Bitcoin, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I find that with Monero as well. It's, it's accepted by many and, and very easy to use, very yeah, easy to mine. A, and it's a privacy coin. It's a privacy coin, so Monero. So nobody, nobody, not the U.S. government nor God himself at this point in time can go through and find out what's actually happening. I mean, it's an extraordinarily difficult architecture to try to break. Good. So, yeah, so you've got that, the privacy. Um, so, so please, people, just use these things. Look what's out there that's being used now and find out how that can improve your financial life. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. I agree there. Um, so another topic uh, on the topic of security I want to touch on. How important do you think it is for everyday users um, and traders alike to start migrating to a decentralized and distributed exchange since, you know, you have things like Coinbase um, and, and other mainstream exchanges that can be so easily shut down by government. Yes. Um, shout out to your exchange, McAfee Dex. It is distributed. It's, it's so, <laughs> I mean, you can't, you can't take her down. Um, so if you would touch on the importance of that, maybe for the day to day user, because I see, I see people just always Coinbase this, Coinbase that. And yeah. it's, I don't think that should be the entry point. No, I, neither do I. I. I don't think that should be the end point either. Um, here's the problem with centralized exchanges. Two years ago, China shut down every exchange in China. I hear they're reversing their policy now, but it was a simple matter. You knew the address. You knew where the servers were. You knew who the officers and directors were. Fuck me, you just shut them down. But with a decentralized, a truly decentralized exchange, meaning nobody's in control. We're not in control. We don't hold your money. We don't hold anything. Uh, we don't ask your name. We don't ask your email address or document, nothing. We don't ask whether you're from America. We could care less or Tierra del Fuego. It's all the same. Uh, it's also decentralized, meaning, I mean, distributed, meaning there are, we already have almost 30 operating portals and hopefully 100 by the end of the year scattered all over the world. So if you shut, if the U.S. government says, okay, we're taking away uh, your uh, your domain, macabedex.com, like, well, I don't care. <laughs> we have dozens of others out there. You can't shut them all down. What, what is your cause? They're in different countries. It's impossible. And they're growing up all the time. Plus, our source is open. If you want to build your own decks, compile it. You have one. <laughs> I mean, so, um, and it's still, and it still accesses those central contracts, smart contracts, the logic that we put onto the blockchain to make this thing function so it can't be shut down. Now, I'm at risk for building it. Why? There's no KYC, there's no money laundering, nothing. We can't do anything. Um, and so what? What's wrong with that? The idea that we have to keep criminals out, that entrepreneurs in the building of their products have to build them so that if a feature benefits uh, a law-abiding citizen like privacy and security should be your money's your private affair, if it benefits you 
and at the same time benefits criminals, and no, you can't fucking do it. Do you understand the insanity of every technology is used by criminals? Telephones, the mob use telephones to consolidate their power throughout America. They used uh, uh, automobiles. Bank robberies increased tenfold after the automobile came on the scene. Why? Getaway cars. Um, what, you don't build cars, you don't build phones? They will use any technology. We can't let that be a curb to innovation people. And so this is what I've done. Now, they're going to come down hard on me, very hard. But first, they have to find me. You don't know where I am. Nobody knows where I am except my wife and our closest people. <clears throat> so they got to find me first. So in the meantime, I can continue building and strengthening this thing. So uh, within, within 24 hours, we're coming out with Trons. That's two blockchains now. By the end of the year, EOS, Binance, and NEO. And we'll continue to add them so that when we get cross-chain capabilities in the second quarter, you can, you can exchange any coin in the world for any other coin in the world. Listing fees, we don't have any. You go to Binance, you want to list a coin, it's anywhere from $75,000 on up. Um, you want to list a coin on the McAfee Dex, press the button at the top of the page, put in the technical specs, and you're listed. So this is for the people, for heaven's sake. I mean, no one built one. Why hasn't someone done this? Um, so we are doing for the people what has to be done. I was hoping somebody else would do it and take the flack, <laughs> but no one has. So, no, I think that that right there describes the importance of it. Um, you know, it's it's man, it's something that that we need to be the standard. Yeah, and once it's on the blockchain, I don't care what anybody says; it's there. Yep. We put those, con those smart contract logic on the blockchain. You can't take it off. Right. And so I can't shut it down. It's no longer mine. Do you understand? It's, it's the people's. The source is open. Every portal has access instantly to every other portal's activities. Um, so it's, it, will, it will live forever, and I hope I don't have to suffer forever for having done it. <laughs> I don't think so. I think a lot of us in the circle are really appreciative of it, you know, and I've been telling a lot of my friends about it and fellow traders and whatnot, you know, and, and hopefully that gets them to migrate as the standard, you know. Right, right now, it really is not that functional. We only have one blockchain, Ethereum. Uh, even though we have every uh, Ethereum-based coin from ERC-20s on up to ERC-1440, everything. Um, but still, that's not very helpful since we have so many blockchains and so many coins. Um, so right now, well, yeah, if, if you're converting Ethereum to DAI, yeah, you can do that. Uh, or any other <laughs> Ethereum-based coin. But as we, as we build the cross-chains, then slowly over time, this will become more and more useful people. I want you to understand this. The addition of Tron will be one additionally useful feature. Um, so bear with us. This is a beta version. This is not a very, this is not a simple uh, architecture that we have developed and, and we are testing it and it, it, it is running now 
way better than it did in terms of time and, and so on. You can't lose your money. The smart contracts are there. They're open source. Um, but it, it started out slow. We're now down to three-second response time. We want to get it to one. Um, but it's coming along. We're not going to let this go, and we're going to continue to work on this until it becomes a truly useful DEX that rivals Binance, and not just rivals it, it will be Binance with every coin in the world. That's incredible. It, it, I, yeah, I can't wait, honestly, myself. Um, I think that should be the standard among every user, not, you know, not just like aficionados and people that are forward thinking. I think that should be the beginning point, uh, you know, on the, on the point of education and beginning point. Um, I wanted to ask you, do you think that the blockchain and cryptocurrency sector is lacking in like easy to digest educational material for people that are brand new? Yeah, I, I don't, it's not just, um, I don't think there's any educational materials that are worthwhile for the true beginner, you know, a, a plumber, you know, who hears about it from one of his customers and goes, what's that? Oh, here, go on and read this. No, no, I mean, we bits and pieces here and there. So we need more attention on education, uh, on onboarding users to go seriously. Unless someone's there to hold your hand today, meaning someone who's been here before, it's not easy. It isn't. I mean, even the concepts. We need, we need, to, we need to make it more intuitive. I mean, why should I have to see my fucking wallet address? I mean, you know, that, that, that's insane. Um, shouldn't, shouldn't that be hidden deep in the bowels of your architecture? You know, oh yeah, and deep down in here, the way this thing works is there's a 120-digit number or identifier, which is your unique wallet. Well, fuck me, don't don't show it to me. I mean, that's scary. You know, X one zero zero death on and on and on. No, it scares people. Here's your wallet. What do you want to name it? Well, my dog's name is Fido. I want okay, Fido. That's Fido. It is okay, and and that's it. We that we have the technology to convert Fido into whatever we need to identify this fucking wallet. Do you understand? Exactly. There's so much, so many technologies like the uh, the one where you can get your websites, the .zil. It's pretty much an unstoppable domain that they can't take down. That's a cool one that I've heard about. Yes, and we're we in fact we're okay. We're working with them, and we're going to be putting up one of our portals on that. I think that's the greatest fucking thing in the world. Do you understand how that's probably as scary to governments as crypto itself? Because think of how they control the fucking world. Well, we control the internet. Yep. <laughs> well, yep. Not anymore, people. Not anymore. <laughs> yep. That, that is a scary thought for people, like you said, in government. Like that. When I heard about that, that was like, wow, a, a crypto address yeah. in the form of a domain that cannot be taken down and is traced yeah. on the blockchain. Holy shit. Is that not something? Uh, that it's, is, it's incredible. That's probably one of the greatest applications of the blockchain I have seen. Yeah. I mean, next to the, next to the uh, supply chain problem, yeah. which, which saves literally tens of billions of dollars already. 
So I, w- I was going to speak on that actually. So in areas of commerce where like uh, where blockchains help like food traceability, uh, supply chains, powering charitable causes. I wanted to ask you what you think some of the most important areas of our day-to-day lives that blockchain is yet to be deployed and get us closer to that state of uh, true freedom that we were talking about earlier. What are your thoughts on that? Like, I think the blockchain is so early in its development. It's a seed that has not even left the ground yet. You can't even see that first little shoot. Um, and so it has not gotten into our daily lives other than through cryptocurrency, uh, some applications of smart contracts for business deals and so on, which is nothing compared to what it will be. I mean, you have the Internet of Things now, where your, your thermostat is um, um, smart and makes choices. Are you home or are you not home? And, and if you're not home, we'll do this. And by the way, let's talk to the refrigerator uh, and make sure the refrigerator remembers uh, that you want a cold beer tonight and to you know, turn the temperature down, whatever. All of this communication everywhere. Imagine the blockchain added to these things. Now, what's that going to do? Well, I mean, it's, it's going to make deception a lot harder <laughs> in human life. <laughs> if you have an immutable record, eventually, I suspect your, your, autom- your car uh, and your home and your office and everything in between is going to be IOTs and blockchain. And so when your wife says, or your husband, why are you late, baby? And you go, oh, I was late at the office. Immediately a bell sounds somewhere in the blockchain universe going, uh, no, it would, I'm sorry, but that's just not true. <laughs> yeah, that's, oh yeah, totally. I mean, there's so many different applications for it, man. I mean, <laughs> That's wild. I, I, I hope that application is a long time coming. Yeah. Well, I mean, like for is in terms of current and and very near uh, near future applications, I hear there's um, there's companies that are looking to implement the use of smart contracts for like uh, geolocation for shipping and receiving. So, like, yes. you know, essentially the smart contract would uh, commence, initiate, and complete based on the geolocation of the package. I think that's a cool technology. Yes. Yeah, that, that's tremendous. So, so, but you could not have anticipated this five years ago, could you? Mm-mm. If someone had said, where do you think it's going? That could not have entered your mind. Why? Because the field is open, infinitely open. And so what, what paths or what shoots you're going to spring up first? I don't know. Uh, but I do know that eventually it is going to change human society. Uh, in an incredible way. I think so too. I think it's, it's going to, it's going to be huge. And then in the coming years, um, it's, it's going to be crazy. Well, I'd like to point, I'd like to point out too, that, that of all the world changing technologies, right. That, that have happened in the past hundred years, the blockchain, and you can't deny it is potentially world changing. The blockchain is the only one that did not come from the government or a powerful corporation. It came from the people. I mean, the people were just ordinary developers 
I mean, everybody wants to know who Satoshi is. Well, he's one of those dozen or so people who was involved for the five years prior to the white paper. Um, none of them, it was, none of them was General Electric or Samsung. <laughs> no, just people. Yep. And this is ours as people. I mean, those people chose to make it open. Here it is, folks. Do with it what you will. And we can't let this be taken over by the corrupt, power-hungry, overburdened government that we are trying to free ourselves from. I, I completely agree. I completely agree. You know, on, on that topic of, of government, um, there was something else I wanted to ask you. What do you think, how actually, how important do you think it is um, that the citizens of their country um, are one with their own governance instead of being the subject of their government, like we see all too often. And how do you think blockchain could help us kind of detach from that norm of what they say goes and instead of self-governance, like I, I truly believe should be the right way? Well, um, Okay, now something happened in America between 1776 and, and the modern age to turn the relationship between government and people upside down. I mean, it started out where government was the servant of people. Build roads, get a standing army, do the things that we as individuals are just not willing to do, okay? We're going to pay you to do that. If you do it damn well, we will vote you in again next time. If you don't, we'll find someone who can do it better. That's how it started, our servant. Today, what is our relationship to our governments? We are its children to be protected, to be guided, to be educated into the right way to live. What is the right way to live? Well, the way that enriches those in the government in ways that keeps the population stable and, and not unsettled. In other words, give them enough to keep them dull. And that's it. It has been reversed. We are the servants now of government. We are its children. We can be forced to do things that in 1776 would have been unthinkable, like you may not put weed into your lungs. I am sorry. Imagine what someone had said in 1776. Say, what? Fuck you. Are you crazy? No. But today, we have to hide in our bedrooms and things if it's illegal in the place we're smoking it. You may not put alcohol in your body. That was from 1920 to 1933. Uh, sometimes it's you can't put things in your mind. Uh, Darwinism was illegal in America. You couldn't teach it to people for dozens of years. And today, what has happened today? The FBI, three months ago, circulated um, a letter indicating that there would be new definitions for extremist groups. And they gave examples. Okay, for example, uh, extremism is, is uh, defined as people who believe or propagate information which is blatantly untrue. And they gave an example. For example, 
An extremist would be anyone who believes that the United States government would lie and deceive in order to in order to to reach some goal. I'm going. Oh, I mean, uh, that makes us all extremists, doesn't it? Do you understand how they are starting to control every aspect of our thinking and acting? Over so this this people is the problem. This is this is what we have to stop. And one way to stop it is through taking control of our own finances, because you are controlled through your finances. The U.S. dollar, for an example. Uh, you work hard, you save your money for 10 years, and they devalue it by half by doubling the supply. They can do that and have done that. Um, they can monitor how you're spending through the central banks, through the Fed, through everything. You are, you are controlled by finances if you can break free of that. And if you believe in your heart that the fruits of your labor belong to you, then it's nobody's business what you choose to do with them. And this is our problem. If we break that terrible weight, of control and wander off with our own finances. We all agree that this is how we will interact. And what do they do? They will have to fall in line with the people, which is the way it should have been. It's it's profound. I think blockchain could could really play a big part in that. You know, I really do. Yes. We're reaching the end of our time together. I just want to kind of ask you one more question. Um, let's let's think ahead to 2028. This is just kind of a what if question. Um, 2028. Let's say you're nearing the end of your second successful term as president. Uh, the economy is booming. <laughs> let's say the econ the economy is booming. Uh, the country is thriving. Um, could you describe the steps that it, it it would it would take to turn the country around? and really get us moving in the right direction. I know I doubt it could be done in eight years, but what would you do in eight years is, is my question. Okay, well, first and foremost, I, I can't be president. If anybody out there truly believes that I could, move out of your mama's basement and get some real life experience. I can't, I'm John McAfee, people. I can't become president. So let's put that aside. Uh, number two, I don't think it matters who the president is. The president's not the problem. Congress is not the problem. It is the system in which these puppets uh, exist. That's the problem. When, when you become president, do you think if there were, let's say, aliens and the U.S. government knew about it, do you think they'd tell presidents? Fuck no. Presidents come in for four years and they're gone. Maybe eight and they're gone. The people who are managing this country have been there for 20, 30, or 40 fucking years. They're the CIA, the NSA, the FBI, the military intelligence organizations, and they have taken on the job of deciding what is best for this nation. Well, fuck you, it's not your job. It is not your job. And give it back to us. We, the people, will decide what is best for us, not you, just because you have power. So let's 
forget about presidents. Let's forget about elections. Let's forget about four and eight years. Let's talk about the real problem. And what we need is we need laws to limit first and foremost surveillance. We're in a surveillance society. They're monitoring not just metadata, everything. Why? Well, you're a citizen and you have your rights, but we don't know that you're not a criminal. So how are we going to find out that you're not a criminal <laughs> unless we watch you? Do you see the insanity of that? The assumption that you might be justifies the invasion of your entire life. That's what has to stop. And thank you very much for having me on. Ladies and gentlemen, John McAfee. <laughs> All right, everybody, that's it for today's episode. Thank you for stopping by, and I hope you have a great weekend. The Crypto Corner with your host, Crypto Kid. It is a huge deal. There are tons of people working on this, from financial institutions to technology companies, startups, and universities. For the first time in human history, we have the key to unlock our door. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit.